Hey guys, welcome back to Tap That AZ Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. This episode is sponsored by Goodfellas Merch out of Glendale. These guys really kill with what they do. They specialize in screen printing, but they got a handful of other services as well, such as embroidery for hats, if you want to get some embroidered hats. So hands down, best quality, best prices, and the best customer service you're going to find. So just based on those things, it's a no-brainer. But as a bonus, they're just great people. It's a locally owned family business. Joe and Jana are running a great organization over there in Glendale. So check them out, goodfellowsmerch.com. Use them for your next merchandise needs. Tell them Tap That Easy sent you. Tap That Easy is also part of the HopDap Network, which is a network of independent craft beer podcasts from across the U.S. There's around 30 shows on this right now, but they just keep growing. They keep adding more and more. So really just makes an easy way for you to find your new second favorite craft beer podcast. So check them out at hoppedupnetwork.com. All right. So this episode, we traveled down to Queen Creek. We found a pretty cheap flight from uh, North Phoenix, where, where I live, to Queen Creek uh, to hang out with Travis from Grain R&D, doing some awesome things um, down there on the farm. That farm's been there for as a hundred years, I think. In the episode here, we talked about it being a um, hundred-year anniversary coming up here. So, let's tap into Grain R and D. All right, so I'm here in uh, Queen Creek, right? In Queen Creek, in probably the most comfortable podcast setting that I've ever done. Travis, thank you for that. Yeah, no, <laughs> thanks for coming out. Absolutely. So um, we're on a farm. We are on a farm. Uh, I was telling Luke when we pulled up that, uh, so I grew up in Ohio and my, my sister and brother-in-law own a dairy farm. So um, I hated farms growing up, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but as, as I'm, I'm, as I'm, you know, experiencing the beer scene and the food scene and, and going out to places like Riba Farms and now coming up to your, out to your guys' farm, it's, there's some serenity that's attached to it. Is that the right word? So am yeah. I using that word yeah. correctly? No, it, it's a different lifestyle. <laughs> it is. It, yeah. It's enjoyable though. There's a, there's a lot to it. Yeah. And you, uh, you've been farming your whole life, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. My, my whole life, the whole last uh, year and a half. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, first let's introduce yourself. Yeah. So I'm Travis Tomachoff. I work here at Grain R&D out on Sossman Farms. Uh, the farm turns a hundred years old this year. So yeah. uh, family farm continuously farmed. So yeah, since, 19, since 1919, the yeah. same year that the Grand Canyon became a national park. Yeah. So that's, it's kind of a fun centennial year for us. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys going to do anything special? Like have a, uh, we are, we're working yeah. on a couple different events. Um, right now our goal this year is to kind of just give back to the community. So okay. we're doing, um, we're using our space for fundraisers and nonprofit events, yeah. giving back to the town. So just stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, so it's been in this location the, the whole time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The farm has been here um, the whole time. It was homesteaded. And then Steve Sossman, my father-in-law, he was actually one of the founding fathers of Queen Creek. So oh, wow. he helped incorporate the town in 1989. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so Sossmans have deep family roots here. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's crazy because you, you look at places like, especially in Arizona where it's like, dude, it's our four year anniversary. Like, holy shit, you've been around for four years, right? That's big. Yeah. There's not, there's not a huge, uh, depth of history in, in Arizona as far as 
I guess, modern culture, if that's sure. Y- yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and cause Arizona's grown so rapidly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh yeah, here, there's farms out here. Okay. Let's develop it. People want to come here. Let's build, build, build. Yeah. So to be able to preserve the farm for a hundred years is pretty special. That's crazy. And you know, a lot, a lot of it, the credit has to go to Steve and his father, Jamie, just for how they farmed their farming practices to be able to rotate crops properly and preserve the soil instead of just yeah. depleting it to where they can't grow anymore. Yeah. Like our, our soil is fantastic, which allows us to grow these special grains that we're doing right now. And that's from the, the hundred years of doing, basically doing things the right way, yeah. the way it's meant to be yep. done. Yeah. Just yeah. responsible farming. Responsible farming and, and community. So, so I know that you guys are a huge part of this. I mean, obviously, uh, Steve, you said, or Jamie, who, uh, star- who started Queen Creek? Uh, Steve, or was part Steve, of that? Steve, my father-in-law, he, okay. he was one of the founding fathers, one of the partners yeah. that helped incorporate Queen Creek. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's great too. I mean, you've got this, this place that's been here for, for a hundred years. Um, and you got somebody that's just a big part of, of getting, this place rolling really yeah literally invested in the town yeah 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 Yeah. so that's crazy five generations of of people farming here yeah yeah and now you guys are so all right we're going off track a little bit but i gotta do this (laughs) (laughs) what is this what are are we drinking because it's a beer podcast so we gotta exactly yeah so this is a dead wax from arizona wilderness and zia records so they were, they've been doing a couple of different collaborations and Wilderness got our first crop of Arizona grown einkorn. Uh, and einkorn is, as far as we know, the oldest wheat in existence. It can trace it back 10, 12,000 years. In uh, Queen Creek, it's the oldest no, Queen no, Creek. No, 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 no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it came out of Mesopotamia, yeah. Middle East area, Fertile Crescent, very similar climate to Arizona. Okay. Uh, so we were able to get some seed and we spent the last couple of years growing it out Yeah, and we had our first successful harvest of it. And then wilderness, literally the first customer, I guess you could say to use it. Yeah. It, it's a cool grain. It's soft. It's sweet, buttery. It, yeah. it really does have a way different flavor than any other grain that we've grown. Dude, it's fantastic. And, and I feel like, so I had this on draft yesterday when I was at the downtown location, I feel like in the can, it, it tastes better in the can. I don't know what it is, okay. But but I feel like no, I feel like the um, I think more of the the lemon came out on tap than it does in the can. I feel like this just kind of is all balanced out, dude. It's fantastic. Yeah. No, it's good. Yeah. So um, so go, go back a little bit. So the family history uh, with with Sossamans, um, Jamie, your grandfather in law, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So he he's been a prominent role in this in the state, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I believe he was speaker of the house for many years, um, and a lot in a lot with the state government. Yeah. And the, with like you said, with their practices of um, focusing on the on the land, I think that's cool. And it, 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 more places I feel are catching on to that. Um, I, I think so. Yeah. I, I think responsible, and I don't know if anyone's coined the term, but responsible conventional farming. Yeah, like, yeah. We don't farm organically. We don't have an organic certification, okay. but all the practices that we follow are pretty darn close to organic. We don't spray pesticides or anything on any of the crops. Um, we do um, no-till or vertical tillage, so it's minimal impact on the soil, which helps preserve it, which allows a lot of the nutrients to stay in there, which allow us to keep growing. What um, is that exactly? Because I know conventional tilling is just you get the, the tiller and you just basically just destroy rip the earth. All, <laughs> rip up all the dirt until there's yeah. nothing left. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's different where it's vertical tillage, so it's minimal. It's only 
maybe six inches or so down. Okay. Um, so you don't impact everything underneath yeah. and then it's really easy to go back in and plant over it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And, um, so for you, so the, the einkorn, uh, did I say that right? Yeah. Einkorn. Yeah. So that's just one of, um, kind of the, the, I guess the idea behind grain R and D. So let's clarify that. So grain R and D is within Sossman Farms. Yes, right? grain R and D is a project that Sossman Farms has jumped into. Gotcha. It, in the deep yeah. end. In the deep. Ho- hopefully, we can swim. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you'll find out. Um, Alex from Grand Canyon said it to, to me one time. He's like, the beer industry is like jump off a cliff and learn how to build a plane on the right the way down. Right. So yeah, that sounds kinda, about right. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys are still still. Uh, piecing together that plane. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so we just finished our new facility here. It's about 9,000 square feet. Um, we're Hayden flour mills, one of our best and favorite customers. Uh, their flour mill is here on site. So we're able to grow the grain, clean and process it and then sell it, deliver it to them literally just across the hallway. Yeah. Um, so kind of a whole farm to table idea. Uh, but then obviously we sell to a lot of breweries and distilleries, but uh, yeah, so our building is a couple months. Well, it's about two years in the making and building, yeah. planning. We've been operational for about four months. Okay. So, yeah, definitely still trying to figure out how to build that plane as we fall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, how did that, how did grain R&D start? Like, because it, it's that, um, was it Heritage Grains? The, yeah, so, that was the- so grain R&D, our goal um, is selecting and growing um ancient grains, heritage grains, grains that aren't, haven't been hybridized. So a lot of the grain that's grown in the Midwest and all over the world has been hybridized. It's modified for yield, for weight, for protein, for height, all of that, which makes a higher quality product. Right. Hey, I'm all for it. But so we had the opportunity to try and grow something different, growing these older grains um, that haven't been grown for hundreds of years or if not thousands of years. Wow. Okay. Um, we're able to bring back other flavors that brewers, distillers, chefs haven't tasted before. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a lot of trial and error of sourcing these grains. Hey, can we find this? Yeah. Okay. Will it even grow here? I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll try it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've had stuff that does not grow here. Yeah. Uh, but so we learn along the way to try and source our seed from climates that are very similar to the desert Southwest. Okay. Uh, which increases our odds of having a successful crop. For sure, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and especially with the way you guys do it too, right? With, with your, um, just that that responsible growing process. Like you want to do it, you want to grow it as natural as it is intended to be grown, right? right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Grow it as simple as we can. Um, and a lot of these grains, you can call them landrace grains. Okay. And landrace grains, it's kind of an insurance policy uh, for farmers is they used to, some, one farmer would have this grain, another farmer would have this, they'd mix them and they'd plant them in okay. case there was a drought or too much water or too much rain, whatever would happen, they would still have something that would come up Okay, that way they'd still have a crop. Yeah. So that's kind of our goal It's like, okay, let's put as just as minimal fertilizer and let's not manipulate it too much and let's see what it does. Yeah. Uh, and like the white Sonora. So it, it came from. Originally, I think it came from Spain. Father Kino brought it over when he came through Mexico, converting all of them to Catholicism. And he needed a wheat wafer for communion. And they had corn. 
So that's why he brought his wheat. Oh, so it made its way up to Arizona and Southern California. Um, but so the root system on the white snore, since it hasn't been hybridized, um, a lot of modern varieties of wheat uh, are meant to be dwarfed to keep them low. That way the wind doesn't blow them over. Uh, interesting. Okay. Uh, keep, keeps them a little stronger that way. Uh, but a consequence, I guess you could say of that, is a shorter root system as well. Okay. Where, like the white Sonora, it, it'll it grow. I mean, if you go look out in the field, it's already three feet tall. Yeah. But it's got a root system that's eight feet, nine feet. Which keeps it grounded. Like, well, yeah, but is it, that the wrong word? <laughs> no, I, sure, that works. But but it also, it pulls up more nutrients. Think of like terroir oh, and gotcha. wine. How yeah. you're like, oh, I'm going to plant Cabernet in this rocky soil, and I'm going to plant plant Cabernet in a sandy soil, and they're going to taste different. Yeah. So having these older varieties of wheat that have a root system that goes down 8, 10, 12 feet, yeah. they're pulling out other nutrients out of the ground that modern varieties don't, that they can't do. Sure. So now it's giving it more flavor and different flavors. Yeah. And that's why you can actually notice, like you can make two beers, one with the white Sonora and one with just a conventional wheat, and they will taste different. Yeah. And it was, you were telling me a story about somebody that one of your... Yeah, Arizona Wilderness. Yeah, um, yeah. They were the ones that took a huge risk with us uh, yeah. <laughs> to get us up and going. And they were like, yeah, hey, we'll use Arizona grown grains. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think the, one of the first beers they made with our grain was a Saison. Oh. And it had and almost the exact same Saison with our wheat and one without. And there was a huge difference in flavor, yeah. obviously for the better. For sure. otherwise, uh, absolutely. Otherwise, yeah. we wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> yeah. um, hey, nice job, guys. Uh, no, yeah. we're good. <laughs> and so, and so it's, it's cool. Uh, it's cool to see that. And the more that, obviously, the more time that I've spent tasting these beers that our grains are in, you can start to tell the difference. And yeah. it's fun to be able to add a nuance. I mean, we're not going to try and, we, we can't compete with commodity, barley, and everything that, most of these brewers are using. Yeah. I don't need to be a hundred percent of their recipes. Sure. If we can be 10, 15% with just enough to impart that flavor. Yeah. Now they have something that can set them apart. Yeah. Nice. And, and it's, and it's that craft of what I think a lot of, um, and my experience is, is pretty much limited to Arizona, uh, because I just love the Arizona food and, and beer scene so much, but there's such a focus on local, like just local. If you can, if you could have everything local, a lot of these places would, would do that. Oh, sure. You know? yeah, yeah. In a heartbeat. And, and some and, of them at the expense of, uh, I won't say at the expense of, but some of them, regardless of, yeah, I know I'm going to pay more for this, mm-hmm. for, for this quality grain, but this is part of the story. It's quality. They know where it comes from. And for me, it's one of those things. It's cool to see a craft brewery or a craft distillery that says, yeah, hey, support us. We're a local business. Yeah. But then they're actually putting their money where their mouth is and they are supporting a local farmer or a local supplier as well. Yeah. Instead of being like, yeah, hey, we're local. Yeah, we buy all of our stuff out of Montana. Right. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. So, we're, it's like saying, hey, I make beer here, but you can't buy it here. You have to you have to go to Montana right. to get the yeah. beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, so to me, that's where I, I think it's cool to build those relationships uh, yeah. with the brewers and distillers that they're willing to invest in us as well. And then for us, that's our incentive to create or source the highest quality product we can. Yeah. Well, and, and you're a beer guy. You can sell it. So Travis, is, he's got the Wilderness Dead Wax shirt on and a Seven Seas Brewing Company hat on. So you're, yeah, no, you're whenever, beer guy. Yeah. No, I love beer. Yeah. Um, yeah huge, huge fan of Wilderness, uh, 
oh so old Ellsworth. They're just a couple miles down the road. Really cool guys. Well, I've heard of, I'd heard of you guys before, and and I've seen because Wilderness is really good about uh, you know we got this these oranges from from this orange grove in Arizona. We got this grain from grain R and D. They're really good about that. So I'd heard from you uh, heard about you guys before, but when I went to old Ellsworth to do an episode with them. They're like, dude, you gotta go down. Cause they were just, they were raving about the snoring white wheat, just how much they love using it. Um, and I, I'd asked them a couple of questions like, dude, you gotta, you gotta do an episode with, with grain R and D. So you, you, your guys' reputation in this industry is, is fantastic. Yeah. It's humbling. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. I mean, as far as I know, like, no one knows or cares, but I mean, we're, tr- we're trying and, yeah. We just want to do the best we can, and if we can, and we do that through building relationships. Um, we feel that, yeah, we love our grain. We think it's really high quality, but we just want to be friends with everyone, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Especially we're not the beer seed, right? right? I'm not in the business of trying to like steal everyone's business yeah. and do this. I like, no, hey, you know what? If you want to use something local, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we have it. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's fun to build relationships along the way. So, so where did you start though? Like for, if you into you specifically, cause you haven't always been a farmer as I joked about at the beginning right. of the show, right? <laughs> so, so what is your background? Yeah. So I have been working here on the farm, uh, for about well, almost a couple in a couple of weeks will be two years. He's looking at his watch. Well, I'm seeing what data is <laughs> oh, like. Yeah. We're in the middle of April <laughs> yeah. and no. So I started, um, May 1st. Okay. Of 2017 gotcha. when my son was born. Gotcha. So okay. That was kind of the transition period yeah. uh, to leave my current or leave my other job and come work for the family farm. Yeah. Uh, and so Steve, my father-in-law, he was like, Hey, no pressure at all. Like don't feel obligated. Like you have to get in the family business or anything, but I could really use your help on this project if, if you want to. Yeah. Uh, Sure. Yeah. Hey, because most yeah. people like, oh, your in-laws. Do you like your in-laws? Do you get along with them? Oh, I don't like my. Oh yeah. I have such a good relationship with my in-laws. That's and, awesome. And my wife gets along really well with my parents. So it's it's this cool dynamic that we both like each other's parents. So <laughs> yeah. going to work for my in-laws was not a big deal at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway, so before that, um, I was running operations for a car dealership. Okay. In Mesa. Uh, so doing the business side of it, running numbers, inventory accounting, all that. I mean, so it's just business aspect of it. Luckily I didn't have to sell cars cause I'd be a terrible salesman. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd tell you why not to buy a car. You want that one. Yeah. No, yeah. No. That yeah. one's way too much. You get this one. <laughs> right. Uh, but so uh, I did that for a few years and before that I spent about 10 years in the restaurant industry. Okay. Um, so I've worked, I worked at F and B in Scottsdale, worked okay. for Charlene and Pavle for a short while. Um, really cool people. Great business. I love how, and they're very focused on Arizona. Okay. Um, so that's kind of another little tie in as they want to source local ingredients. Um, but anyway, and before that I worked at another restaurant in Gilbert Liberty market. Okay. Um, yeah. So I worked there and that's actually where I met my wife. Oh, she really? worked, she worked there as well. Ah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So we met, we met there. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So, so that's kind of my background. Okay. Um, not a whole lot of farming in there, but, but, but but having connections. So like at Liberty market, um, I did their wine and beer, um, sourcing. I don't want to call it a program because everyone calls there, Oh, a beer or wine program. No, I, no, I put together a beer menu that we'll just call it that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Let's not get pretentious with it. Um, but so, so I did a lot of that, uh, for them and then learning a lot about, um, beer and wine from Pavle at F and B, so it kind of allowed me to transition into this now where I know 
or well, I don't know. I like to think I know a little bit yeah. <laughs> uh, about beer and wine to where I can talk to brewers or distillers yeah. of like, Hey, what are you looking for? What, what, what do you need? Yeah. Um, here's what I have. Does it work? Does it fit? How can we work together? Yeah. Um, and that's one of, one of our things that we like to do at Green R&D is we like to collaborate. We just want to work together with people. Um, and so that's kind of that opportunity there. Well, I, I think the, the essence of just being owning a farm and operating a farm or working for a farm, it's, it's not a money grab, right? <laughs> it's right. No, so it's no. A- <laughs> yeah. Farming, it's, it's not a get rich quick scheme. That's right, for sure. You, exactly. you got to take the long view, yeah. um, the long approach for it, but, but it's fun. You get to learn a lot along the way. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of a cool thing to think about of like the wheat that comes out of our field. Some of it gets turned into beer. Yeah. Some of it gets turned into whiskey. Some of it gets turned into flour, which means there's bread, there's pasta, yeah. there's pastries, cookies. So we help provide food and drinks to people. Yeah. So I mean, no farms, no food. Yeah. Fantastic food, drinks, and I mean, you guys are – so if you really – for you know – no pun intended, but if you distill it down, you guys are the reason I can't lose weight, right? Yes, <laughs> because all of those things are exactly. carbs like it's your job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I was even eating the uh, the purple barley that you guys had out there. Oh, I'm yeah. like, oh, dude, this is fantastic. Yeah, just straight up. Yeah. Um, but but that leads me to um, to for, to this is the the people that are using your stuff is it's like an all-star team man i mean you've got on the beer side you've got i mean everybody from grand canyon to wilderness to rent house but then on the food side of it you got chris bianco using your using your grain right yeah yeah so yeah. chris bianco really good, good friend of ours he's come out a lot and yeah we work together on stuff but uh so yeah a lot of the grain that we grow um goes to Hayden flour mills. So okay. they're actually here on our farm, um, in our building down right downstairs, they have their flour mill. Yeah. And so we can grow grain, clean grain and deliver it straight to them across the hallway. Yeah. And they mill it into flour and then it'll go out the door to Chris Bianco and he'll make pasta with it. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a cool, it, it's cool to see everything start to finish. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, and so I don't, I don't know if we got into this, but so correct me if I'm wrong, but the story behind the snore and white wheat, as far as well, I know that like you talked about the origin of it, but what about the connection to Sossaman to Hayden flour mill? Right. Cause it wasn't it. Yeah. So yeah. So oh, seven, eight years ago, I think, well, I think what's in the ground now would be the eighth crop. So yeah, about seven years ago, uh, Jeff Zimmerman, he um, had acquired the rights to Hayden Flour Mill. So it's if you go down to Mill Avenue that in big, Tempe, huge. that big mill, the white mill. That, yeah. I was like, oh, what's that? Oh, that's Hayden Flour Mills. I just why is it out. called Mill Avenue? I just oh, because there's a mill at the <laughs> end of it. I knew that. I yeah. knew that yeah. that was that was it. And I wow, yeah. I'm real bad at connecting things sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sign me up. Me too. Luke, did you know that? <laughs> didn't either yeah <laughs> so uh anyway so he wanted to revitalize that brand but in doing so he wanted to bring along grains that would have been grown back when hayden flour mills was operational okay. so he's sourcing back older heritage grains that hadn't been used before and so he came to steve and said hey steve can you grow this for me because a lot of other farmers have been like, no, I'll, let, I'll lease you the land, but I don't want to grow it for you. Yeah. Too big of a risk. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And so Steve's like, well, how much are you talking here? And he goes, oh, 20, 30 acres. Steve's like, well, I got 700. Yeah, 30 acres is not going to kill me. Let's try it. Yeah. And so we grew it. Grew a, The white sonora grew amazing. 
just in it, this climate and the yep. soil and just everything. Yep. Yeah. Everything about it. It yeah. loved this area. And so like, cool, let's keep growing. Yeah. And so as Hayden grew, it allowed us on the farm to keep growing more for them. Um, and then there kind of came a tipping point where like, all right, if Hayden loves these grains because it's creating this flavorful flour that they can make amazing breads and pastas with and chefs love it. Why don't brewers or distillers want to use it too? Yeah. wonder if they can get different flavor out of it. And so that's where that's kind of how grain R and D got started is okay. like, all right, let's create another Avenue for this and see if there's a market for it. And turns out, I mean, people like it. Yeah. The brewers like the white Sonora. They like playing around with some of the other grains that we grow, um, and then it allows us to experiment like with the dead wax and the einkorn. Uh, we get to try fun stuff. Yeah. It, but you don't get to try it all though, right? No, no, I, <laughs> I, 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 could, I, could, I couldn't try it all. There's way too many, and in a good way, there's way too many beers that yeah. now have our grain in it. Yeah. Um, I mean, back when we first started, it was like, Oh, Hey, we're tapping this with your grain. Cool. I can get down there and go try one. Yeah. But now it's, Oh, you're tapping three this week. You're tapping four tomorrow. I, I yeah. can't. I can't try all those. My liver doesn't want me to try all those. <laughs> Your family does what you try. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it's also cool too, to see Arizona breweries doing collaborations with other out of state breweries. Yeah. And kind of noticing a trend. And it's really cool to see is say like Arizona wilderness or Ren house or Oso. they're like, Hey, we're going to bring an Arizona grown grain to this collaboration. And then, say Rowley out of uh, New Mexico. Okay. Well, we're going to use a New Mexican uh, variety of something yeah. in the beer together. And so they're creating these flavors using local to them products. Sure. And so it's cool to see our product or our grains being beers all over the country. Yeah. That's actually really cool. It is cool. Yeah. I, I told you, and, and I think you should implement this. You should somehow in the, in the, the business contract or whatever it is that you guys do, right? Just say one case must be shipped to Sossman Farms, 1761. I uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think what we'll do is we'll put a little kegerator down there and yeah. just say, hey, I need a pony keg of this. Yeah, there you go. That's perfect. That's perfect. And then also one to um, 1205 Tombstone Trail. That is North uh, Phoenix. I <laughs> <laughs> hmm, wonder where that's gone. Yeah, exactly. Just don't ask questions. Just just do it. Uh, so, well, there's a challenge that you guys are dealing with, though, right now. We talked about this before, is um, you guys aren't exactly out in the middle of nowhere, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got this big plot of land, but there are yeah, things but around the, us. We're in the middle of town. There are yeah. houses all around us. Yeah. yeah. I, and, I mean, it's inevitable that times will change and we won't always be farming here. Um, but I mean, that's you're, we're talking 15, 20 years down the road anyway. But part of our goal too is to help other farmers. Um, and so these grains that we're growing, it's a perfect rotation coming out of cotton just as far as timing in the year um, or rotating out of alfalfa. So when they're done with alfalfa or done, cotton, they can, they, they can, can, we can put these grains in the ground Um which normally Literally, they wouldn't have anything. Yeah. If they, okay. yeah, maybe they only have that cotton. Yeah. And you don't really want to rip out alfalfa every year cause that gets really expensive. Okay. Uh, but so this provides a rotational crop for them, which helps their soil. It's added income for the farm because now they have another crop that they can sure. sell. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's, that's our goal. Just trying to help everyone else. We have a couple different farms that we work with. Um, one down in Coolidge that, that I've known for years. Uh, he does a really good job. Uh, growing extremely high quality uh, 
flour or wheat for uh, bread flours and for pasta. Okay. Uh, yeah. But he's actually growing uh, Sonora for us this year because we needed that much more. You need more, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's, yeah. he's growing about 50 acres for 50 acres of Sonora for us along with the other 40 or 50 that we're growing here. Okay. Um, and then also, thanks to Arizona Wilderness and Sanagua, we were able to get in contact with the Nature Conservancy up in the Verde Valley. Oh. And so they had um, part of the Yavapai Apache Nation. They had a farm that they were trying to get up and going. Um, and so we were able to get rye seed for them. And th- so they're growing Arizona rye for us now. Wow. We haven't been able to grow rye here. Um, cause the climate Creek, just... it's, it's too hot. Yeah. It yeah. gets, gets too hot, chokes it out. And it's not very good. It's where I figured, Hey, a little higher elevation, a little cooler. Yeah. Oh, let's see if it works. And the farmer sent me a picture this week and it looks fantastic. So yeah. I'm hoping on uh, June or July we'll have Arizona grown rye which I know a lot of brewers are actually excited about. Yeah. Um, but so we're working with them and another way that we're helping or trying to help is these grains that we're growing are a lower water use crop than what they're normally using. Alfalfa is pretty water intensive. Corn can be water intensive, but wheat and grains, they're not You just water them a couple of times. So for them, they get all their water, water from the Verde Valley or the Verde river. Yeah. So we're actually able to help conserve the water in the river because they don't have to water it as much. Yeah. So our goal is just like, let's find ways to help out the farmers. Let's find ways to conserve water. Yeah. And still produce high quality grain. And the end product for the consumer is badass, tasty shit. Sure. Yeah. If it works. Shit is the right word. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Reword that. (laughs) Cut that out. Okay. Badass, tasty food and beverage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's awesome, man. I, I just love it. the the more I learn about this, just this scene. And when I say this scene, I mean just like Arizona, because it's it's food, uh, it's it's spirits. It's I haven't delved much into the wine, um, but just from the experience that I've had with beer, food, uh, spirits. I want to jump into the wine a little bit because they you seem should. to be doing some really cool stuff up in the Verde Valley. Verde Valley, yeah. So, yeah, so Caduceus yeah. Yes. Up, up in Jerome, yeah. uh, Maynard. Maynard, uh, yeah. He's on my bucket list of uh, people to get on the show. <laughs> really good wine. Yeah. Um, one of our favorites. And another little plug is he uses Hayden's flour to make pasta. So Maynard's oh, actually using our dude, grain. I've, I've heard his restaurant is uh, yeah, legit. So yeah. It, yeah, so that's pretty cool. And then... Um, his wine's awesome, though. And then if you go down to Sonoida, uh, visit Todd and Kelly Bostock at okay. Dos Cabezas. Oh, I've heard about those guys. Really, yeah. really good. Yeah. Great, great people. Awesome wine. Yeah. Yeah. But there's so many cool things that are going on. I feel like I feel like Arizona is this sleeping giant. And I've said it for a long time as far as the beer side of it goes. But I feel like in, in across the board. Yeah. I, I think yeah. Arizona is starting to get to that tipping point in a good way where the market will be there for you'll have brewery craft breweries on every corner. Yeah. I mean, kind, kind of California, you can't, sure. you can't walk two blocks without hitting a brewery or two yeah. or a tap room or two. I yeah. think Arizona's getting there. Um, and I think just as far as their beer laws, um, and distilling laws, yeah. as far as distilleries go, Arizona for as conservative as Arizona is, they have liberal, Liquor laws. Liquor laws, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think Arizona will become a hub for uh, more craft breweries and distilleries. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm down, man. Hey, hey I'm, I'm down too. <laughs> yeah. and, and if they want to use our grains, then yeah. sign me up. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, the the food too. I, I'm I'm just hearing more and more things about um about uh, the food scene just getting so much better. Like, I mean, you've got like chefs like so so. Um, I don't know if you've been to Cotton and Copper, yeah. But Tamara yep. Stanger, Sha- yeah, she's awesome. Sean's a good friend of ours. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They're awesome, awesome people. But but Tammy's just her focus on like you said before the terroir which mm-hmm. I, the first time i ever heard that word was from her ah. i'm like what the what is that word like <laughs> I, like off the mics i'm like what does that mean so but now I, st- I i'm hearing it a lot um but her thing is is um because when i when i really started digging in and see, to see what you guys do i thought of her right bringing back the, about those heritage um crops and stuff what she likes to do you know um i can't remember what it is and she'll be pissed when she hears this but uh there's a there's a certain bean that um that is grown in arizona and it was like a, a native bean but it's kind of gotten pushed to the wayside and right. she's bringing it back in her cuisine and it's just delicious you know so so it's cool to have these not only up and coming chefs and you know brewers and things like that but the established ones right mm-hmm. chris bianco he's dude's a legend right, right. And, i mean yeah and charlene at f and b i mean yes. always on yeah. the list for james beard award she and, won this year i think yeah <laughs> okay uh but uh yeah so it, her she's devoted like crazy to using yeah. arizona grown produce and just sourcing everything from any local farmer she can because okay. she sees the importance in that yeah. the same way as Tammy Cotton Copper and the same way that Chris does um, and same way that I, th- I think these brewers and distillers want to as well. It's like, no, let's source what grows here, yeah. what, what used to grow here. Yeah. Let's find it because now we're revitalizing a lot of these different crops and yeah. We're able to create a new culture. Yeah. Create a newer old culture. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Well, the, just the landscape. The landscape that we have here is just so so much different. And um, I don't know. It, it's it's almost like I feel like if there was an award for, you know, comeback story of the year, <laughs> it would be Arizona, right? To come back as, as people are saying, holy shit. Because every time I have friends that come out here. They're like, I have no idea. Like, is it when I moved out here? I'd never been here. I just moved out, and uh, you have no idea what it is. And then you get here, like, holy shit, this place is awesome. Like, just the what you think it is and what it is, completely different. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I had a friend randomly text me last week, like, hey, I have a friend coming into town, and they're from I think, Portland, and they want to know what's a cool place to go and eat and drink. And they're like, I don't know. Are are there any? And I'm like. Oh, there are. Hey, yeah. here, here's a list. <laughs> yes. Take them here, 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 and here. Yeah. And so, yeah, to your point, like Arizona's growing up. Yeah. And, and I think it's really cool to see and it's fun to be a part of. Yeah. And it's almost grown up and like after the fact, like kind of behind the trend, like we talked about oh, before. It, everyone's written off, not everyone, but a lot of people I think kind of just wrote off Arizona. Yeah. Like, oh, you're not California. You're not New York. You're not Austin or Portland. Yeah. You're not cool. And I was like, no, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll get there. We'll, we'll just do it. But yeah. I think they're doing it quietly. Yeah. But I think, like I said, we're getting to that point where there's going to be a shift where Arizona is recognized as a place for awesome food, awesome bars, great breweries, distilleries. Yeah. I, I, I think we're, we're almost there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's trouble for other people because we have ideal weather for 
seven, eight months out of the year, right? (laughs) Yeah, ish. But depending on who you are, number one, so my my in-laws, the same thing. I love my in-laws. Like my my father-in-law is like one of my best drinking buddies, right? (laughs) So we're always hitting up breweries. Um, But so they moved from Minnesota about 12 years ago, but they moved to Flagstaff. And then a year and a half ago, they moved down here um, over in Peoria. And Peoria, surprise, I always forget. But, um, But they love the heat. Like, dude, the heat doesn't bother us anymore. But if you don't like the heat, you can go to Flagstaff. You can go to Prescott. You can go to, you know, Heber, yep. uh, um, Payson area, you yeah, know? That, so that we do the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Come May, June, July, August, we try to go up to Pine Top as much yeah. as we can. And it's perfect. Sure. It's yeah. perfect. In yeah. Three hours and you can be at 7,000 feet and yeah. it's in the eighties and you get afternoon thunderstorms every day. Yeah. That's good. It's a good program, dude. Other states are in trouble, man. When, when we when we get every when all the stars aligned for Arizona, which is soon, like we talked about, I think. Uh, yeah, no, I. Yeah, Arizona is a good place to be. Yeah, we might be in trouble though, because then everybody's going to want to move here. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's better be. for everyone. But think about it then: if everyone moves here, creates a demand for more breweries, more restaurants. So then you have more talented chefs and brewers coming in. You need more grain. Yes, you yeah. need lots of more grain. Good news. <laughs> yeah. I know where to find it. Yes, yes. Uh, but, but think about it. Then you create this whole culture yeah. of, yeah, Arizona is a food and drink state. Yeah, not combined gym. with a nature state. Yeah. Um, unbelievable yeah. hikes and scenery. and yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, look at all the pictures that Jonathan and Patrick from Wilderness oh, post. Yeah. And I'm like, man, look at that. That's beautiful. Yeah. All in Arizona. Dude, I'm so envious of those guys. I, I went out with them to the to the camp cool ship. Uh, they they invite me out. I'm like, oh man, I'm the one like, last week or the yeah. other week? Yeah, nice. Yep. Um, so I'm like, man, I don't know if I can survive a, a wilderness boys uh, wilderness adventure. Oof. But I'm like, I can't say no, dude. It was awesome. But um, just seeing following those guys, you know, I think it's the wilderness humans is their Instagram. Yeah, yeah, and seeing all the places that they go. Um, it's it's awesome, and then they really showcase and represent Arizona in such a such a great way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's not even talking about their beer. Yeah, right? no, because that's just their picture. <laughs> that's their pictures of the wilderness. Yeah, exactly. It's just Arizona as a state is beautiful. Yes, yes, and this dead wax, dude. This is this is a fantastic beer. So thanks for sharing this, yeah, man. Of course. Um, so cool. Well, any anything else that you, that we haven't covered about about the um, grain R and D or or what you guys are doing? Oh man, I don't know. I think we covered most of it. I I think just our goal is what can we do? Like, so here on our farm as it's a hundred years old now, um, eventually I think we'd like to create, um, I guess you can call it a heritage corner to where we're basing. This can be our food hub. Okay. And we, I think we want to be grain focused. So we're cool. Maybe we have a pasta maker or a tortilla maker or bakery something a brewery and or a distillery cocktail bar here because all of that is based off of grain yeah so how cool would it be to have grain grown out the door harvested cleaned here milled and made into pasta or bread or brewed and turned into beer and it can all be in the same spot yeah i like that's a long-term vision i like it though i mean like long long long-term vision yeah but no, that's that's great. Like if you you could sit down at a place and eat that, like and you as you see, like the wheat blowing in the wind over there, like that's where that came from. Right, that's literally where yeah. that came from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so I th- I think that's an opportunity we might have to do something like that. Yeah. Um, but and and I guess that's kind of our next step. 
next generation of farming is continuing to uh, showcase what farming is and was. Because a yeah. lot of people are like, oh, yeah, well, I have a loaf of bread. I have a beer. <laughs> cool. Where'd that come from? How did yeah. it get there? And so if we can help connect the dots yeah. for something like that and create a true like beginning to end experience, I, I think that's part of educating the next generation on what farming is and was. Yeah. Because now I think a lot of people... I don't think they understand all the work that goes into farming. Sure. And, yeah. and not in a bad way. They just, yeah. people just don't know. I mean, there's tons of stuff I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. I just assume that things happen a certain way, but yeah. I don't know all the work that goes into it. So if we can help educate that and preserve that history, yeah. I think that's something that we're going to try and do. Absolutely, man. Yeah. I love it too. Love it. You guys are on the right path at this point. So we're just doing the best we can with what we've been given. Heck yeah, man. Cheers cool. to 33 and a third series dead wax arizona wilderness brewed with arizona barley from sanagua malt and arizona icorn wheat from grain r&d cheers perfect exit (laughs) thanks buddy (laughs) guys thanks for listening to the episode like i said hit up goodfellas merch for all your merchandising needs check out hop.network and help from you guys appreciate your support you guys are the best so Let's spread the word about this. If that includes telling a friend, if that includes doing a review on iTunes, if it includes becoming a Patreon, go to the Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash tap that AZ podcast. Brand ambassadors. That's what I'm looking for. People to get the word out about Arizona beer around tap that AZ. Let's spread the word. So love you guys. Always remember, stay awesome. Y cuando se va de casa 